Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Welcome, everybody, to, well, hopefully not the last ever episode of Talking Peaks, but certainly the last episode of Series 3 of Twin Peaks. Hello, Mike. Hello. Mike is older than when you last heard his voice. Yes, uh, <laughs> much like the kind of Twin Peaks time travel. I've aged since you, last time. That's right. Have you gone back to 1973 or anything? No. I went to Amsterdam. So to be honest, I, for, for a few days there, I didn't know what time and space I was in. So, so, you, know. so you did need your passport. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. I did, I did, I did. Well, mystery from last week is solved. I've just got one question for you. Would, would you like a cup of coffee? <laughs> oh, I love. Do you know what? I was in no better place <laughs> for Well, yeah. Uh, then I, I, I went to an Amsterdam bakery and I got uh-huh. myself some. Uh, some 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 Amsterdam goods, and then right. watched the Twin Peaks finale. And so you know, I think it was the perfect situation to watch it. I think I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, and and of course, had you said no to coffee, we'd know that you were evil, Mike, and we well, would have exactly. had to have uh, got somebody with a green fist to punch you. Lucy. Put Harry on the horn. Sheriff, it's Pete Martell up at the mill. Morning, Pete. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. Laura Palmer. Is this about Laura? I'm afraid it is. (laughs) I didn't cry. Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. Detective Jacoby? FBI. Right. Agent Dale Cooper. I see where he left us. Ring finger under the nail. It's an R. Can't let me in on whatever the hell is going on here. Sheriff, we got a lot to talk about. Take a look at this. This is the diary of Laura Palmer. Much of what I've been able to decipher supports the contention of the one-armed man. And there are repeated references to a Bob. What does Bob want? Bob requires a human host. He feeds on fear. There is a place called the Black Lodge. There, you will meet your own shadow self. Last night, I had the strangest dream. I was in a red room with an old man sitting in a chair. Then I leaned over and whispered the secret in his ear. My father. Laura Palmer. You've been a good vehicle, and I've enjoyed the ride. But I promise I will kill again! 
did you consume this? Did you do this in one sitting? I absolutely did. Yeah, back to back, two hours. Now you're brave. I did this over two nights oh, because did you? someone else said to me, "Savor it." Someone texted me who and said, "Look, you know, it's great." And and as we'll come to see, there are two distinctly different episodes. I, oh, think, I think we I think, I think we got this right, didn't we? I think we said last week you'll yeah. get one soap opery one and one mystical lynch one lynch one yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we were about right i think we should it was true yeah i think we did i think a lot of our predictions were right you know you know that it, it did it did kind of round off the evil cooper storyline and it did have yeah. kind of the mark frost ending and then it did have the david lynch ending that's what it felt like anyway episode 17 kicks off where pretty much it carries on from the end of the previous episode everybody pretty much is arriving or on their way to the sheriff station in twin peaks evil cooper gets there first and Andy is extremely excited. Of course, they all think this is the real Cooper. And he offers him a, him a coffee, and he says no. Now that should be your f- that should be your first knowledge. That's clue number one. Some, clue number one. The hair is clue number two. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, downstairs in the basement, we've now got a group of people in the in the in the jail, and, and, and Nado, this blind girl, she's panicking and clucking, and uh, and and Chad is trying to get out of his jail cell. He's obviously got something in his shoe. We later learn it's like a what must be a key that opens every door because i mean he goes into out of the he gets out the prison cell goes into like a storeroom grabs a gun and it looks like he's gonna shoot billy and andy comes down yeah Um, so he sort of like shoots the gun at andy and then um uk iron fist yes iron fist Fist to the rescue uh which was a lovely little moment and and at that point andy frees everybody although he doesn't free the guy with the bad face he frees nado and he frees billy and uk iron fist we finally get the Truman Cooper uh, reunion, but not the real Cooper and not the right Truman. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, th- then comes the tensest of tensest moments when, of course, as he's talking to Evil Cooper, real Cooper rings him on his phone. This is good acting because yeah, he plays it very cool, actually, doesn't mm. he? He's pe- you can see him piecing it together because obviously he's had a couple of clues. He kind of got yeah. a clue from Hawk and from this scroll and things that there might be two Coopers. And uh, so I think he's piecing it together in his head slowly, isn't he? I was disappointed that Hawk wasn't in the room at this point. He came later. And, and yeah. I, I, really, I really thought that because you'd done so much with Hawk throughout the series... I thought he might get more of a starring role in this this finale bit, you know, this kind of final scene. But what we get is is actually Andy gets a vision mm. of of the what what he saw in the White Lodge when he was picked up to be, uh, you, you know, given all that information when they went to Jack Rabbits, and and he sees him ushering Lucy into a room. So he kind of you know is is again the hero. Yeah. At this point, Evil Cooper realizes what's going on. He should he pulls a gun. He's about to shoot Frank, and all of a sudden, Lucy shoots him. We all said that we felt Lucy would have a big part to play. You know, she was introduced to Cooper right you know, when he came in, and she did, she did look a bit taken aback. But, of course, you know, it had been 25 years since she'd seen him. Yeah. Uh, did, how much do you think she knew? Well, I... Yeah, it's so hard to know, isn't it? I think that it came from Andy. I think right. it, uh, basically from when Andy took his little trip to the White Lodge... 
Um, and he got shown all those images and he got shown that image of him showing or ushering Lucy into doing something. Mm. So it was almost like he knew he had to do something at that moment and he had to get Lucy to do something at that moment. Across these two episodes, we get a lot of kind of finality. Like we had Ed and Norma's arc coming to an end. This felt like Andy's arc coming to an end, yes. where he finally stepped up. He was no longer crying yeah. wimpy Andy, as we saw from the pilot. This is a proactive Andy that, you know, between him and Lucy, saved the day. So, well, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was, the, the it, it was a nice moment. Couple. You know, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season that the person to kill or shoot Evil Cooper would be Lucy with the aid of Andy, I'd, I, I wouldn't have believed it. No, it would have been a bit of a strange one. All of a sudden, we get a convergence of things. So uh, we've already obviously got Evil Cooper uh, in the room, but suddenly James, Freddy, Nado, Bobby, Hawk, Andy, Lucy, Frank... Gordon, Albert, Tammy, the real Agent Cooper, the Mitchum brothers, every Candy, everybody, everybody comes. He's together. in the sheriff station, pretty much. And at this point, we get a fantastic scene. We get the fact that you know you've got Evil Cooper and Real Coop in the room. This is what we've been looking forward to, and and it does deliver. You know, this delivers. You know, e- e- Evil Cooper is being addressed by the woodsman, similar to the scene where he was shot in a couple of episodes ago. Um, and, and they begin to heal him. But all of a sudden, this kind of, I suppose you call it a boulder? A yeah, rock, like an orb or a blob. Like an orb or a blob <laughs> of Bob. Now, obviously, because the actor who played Bob passed away some time ago, this is Lynch's way of showing you that Bob was an evil Cooper. Yeah, I think Digitized. it was done really well, actually. It was yeah. it was creepy. And like the way that they kind of made his face change and move as this orb flew around was actually quite good. Freddy... Uh, UK Iron Fist has a couple of goes, but he manages to eventually punch the orb Bob uh, into into pieces, and, and Evil Cooper dies, and the woodsmen disappear. Good Cooper puts the ring on Evil Cooper, which was something that uh, a lot of the people that were sent to kill him were trying to do, and and he disappears, and, and we, you know we we see him in the Black Lodge again, and then the whole thing just gets turned on its head, doesn't it, Mike? Yeah, it does. I mean, what's so weird, I think, when I watched this was, oh, wow, this has all happened very quickly. We're only in part one of two, and we're in the first sort of 20 minutes of, of yeah. this you know, first part. Evil Cooper is dead, and everyone has come together, and everything has kind of converged in the way that you thought it might not until the very, very end. So I kind of, at this point, was going, right, so now what happens? And yeah. I'm still wondering now what what happens, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so the kind of conventional story arc has come to an end. Evil Cooper is dead. He got the ring on his finger. He's gone back to the Black Lodge. That's done. Now, Good Cooper finds himself in a room surrounded by all of his friends and all of our sort of Twin Peaks regulars. And this strange moment happens where he says, we live inside a dream, which we've heard him say before. And we've heard different people say before. Um, We've heard Philip Jeffrey say it before. We've heard Monica Bellucci say it before. And uh, all of a sudden his face becomes like, what I can only describe as his face becomes superimposed on the screen. And it stays there for the next sort of 10, 15 minutes of the episode. It's as if you're trying to say, or Lynch is saying, you're now looking at everything through through Agent Cooper's eyes. It's almost yeah. as if you are Agent Cooper. The, the viewer is Agent Cooper now. Yeah, or we're in um, Agent Cooper's head or something. Yes. So from this point onwards, everything goes a bit strange. So uh, it's he, he sort of says his hellos to everyone, and then very quickly kind of says his goodbyes to everyone. And it's like yeah. we've, had, we've had the good Cooper back for what feels like 10 minutes, and he's sort of saying... 
I'll see you all again at some point. Don't worry, you know. And it sounds like he's getting ready to go away somewhere for a very long mm. time. He says, "You've, I believe you've got my key. And Frank Truman hands him his hotel room key, room number 315 for the Overlook mm. uh, for the, what's it called? The uh, Great Northern Hotel. That's right, yeah, the Great Northern. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then he and Diane, oh, have we mentioned... Diane. No, 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 you didn't. Yeah, right. yeah, you well, we we all knew Diane was stuck somewhere and now yes. we find out where. <laughs> yes, so Nado, the woman who has no face or eyes, basically through all this kind of weird me Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at armyhistory.org turns into Diane and it's not the Diane that we've seen throughout the series because that mm. was obviously a tulpa this is the real good Diane um, and she's got red, she's got different coloured hair and different coloured nails I but thought it's still this was great her. I thought it was yeah. great that it was, it was her but it wasn't her Yes, a slightly warped version. Uh, yeah, it was great. And suddenly she was no longer this kind of, I don't know, jaded, sweary, smoking Diane that we've seen all series. She was this kind of quite optimistic, yeah. very much like Agent Cooper, like this very optimistic, good, very much a good, pure Diane. You know, her and Cooper finally reunite and they embrace and they kiss. And it all seems very sweet and happily ever after. And then they sort of say their goodbyes. And, and she and Cooper and Gordon Cole all leave and they go to the Great Northern Hotel. Mm. But they go down into the basement of the Great Northern Hotel, which is where we briefly saw James when he heard that sort of strange humming noise. Yeah, and, and where we heard those humming noises in the uh, the office as well. Yes, exactly. So this is where we're about to find out what these humming noises are. The three of them venture into the basement of this hotel. And I thought this was a really nice moment as well because obviously mm. this, is, this is David Lynch and these, this is his two longest collaborators you know Laura Dern and Karl McLaughlin from Blue Velvet onwards they've been yep. the two actors you know obviously Karl McLaughlin was even in June but the, 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 well that's right yeah the, these two actors that he's done the most amount of work with and all three of them together on screen again it kind of felt it had a bit of finality to it this moment they walk up to a door and Karl McLaughlin uh, uh, Agent Cooper says you know I'll, he says to Diane I'll see you at the curtain call um, and, and then he uses his key his hotel room key to walk through this mysterious door into this kind of black void so mm. uh, and this is where things start getting very very odd so at this point he kind of ventures through the dark he runs into philip gerard or mike or the one-armed man or whatever you want to call him and we have this moment where he says the fire walk with me uh, sort of rhyme and and weirdly, yeah that was great that- yeah, and it's really clever because that exact moment is in, the, I think, the pilot episode or the first yep. episode of season one, um, and they've reenacted it. And, and so that's all very cool. D- does he also meet Philip Jeffries at this point as well? Is this the point where yes, I yeah. think he goes he goes through the same path that Ethel Cooper did to get to Philip Jeffries, the hotel, and into the room, and then you get yeah, the exactly. Bow- David Bowie's tea urn again. Exactly, uh, the big giant talking Tian. They have a strange conversation that doesn't make a lot of sense, but essentially the gist of it is uh, Agent Cooper says he wants to go back to um, February 1989, i.e. the day that Laura Palmer was killed. Uh, Philip Jeffrey's teapot sort of fires out some strange numbers, this kind of look, what looks like a number eight or an infinity symbol. Well, it's this this, 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 this um, thing that was on the map that Hawk and 
um, yes. uh, I was going to say President Truman, but I've, I've upgraded him. He's sheriff. <laughs> You're getting your Trumans mixed yeah, up. Yeah, there'll be Trumans mixed up. So all over this map, and I think in the last series of Twin Peaks, the, the second series, that symbol was used on the blackboard a few times. It's this kind of face with horned, uh, clipped horned ears, which yeah. somehow in Philip Jeffrey's mind turns into this eight, doesn't it? It kind of gets disembodied and turns into a perfect cylindrical eight. Yes, exactly. Which obviously is interesting because obviously that symbolizes infinity and time mm. loops and all other yep. things. All of a sudden, now this is what really got me excited now. For the rest of this episode, we're kind of zapped back in time to 1989. Yeah. We're basically in Firewalk With Me. Uh, and we see the proper footage from Firewalk With Me as, the, as uh, young Laura Palmer is about to live out her final few hours yeah. um, before killed and she sort of she she leaves her home and you see leland kind of looking out the window and he begins to follow her and all this way all this time agent cooper from the present day has gone back and he's watching this play out from the distance mm. something that of course you know no one was around to see this you know this wasn't he mm. wasn't there no one was there no no one lived to tell this tale yeah absolutely yeah no nobody that was the whole problem they couldn't piece together these last few hours of laura palmer I mean, it reminded me a bit of Back to the Future 2, this did. I, I loved uh, it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, kind of seeing less, the old less, movie. Less Chuck Berry, but yes, you're right. Yeah, it could yeah. have done with Chuck Berry. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so, so basically then he follows her and he watches along with us as these scenes from Firewalk with me play out this whole moment where she gets on the motorbike with James and then yeah. she says this big emotional goodbye to him. And actually there's a really brilliant moment because in the film, it never really made any sense to me, but there's a moment in the film where Laura looks off into the woods and she screams at something that she can't, yep. that no, none of us can see. And now we see that she sees agent Cooper, the old agent Cooper stood in the woods watching her and she screams. Yeah. So that was a great little retrospective kind of re-editing there of that scene. It, it was, was really, really yeah. Cool. Then she runs off into the woods, and this is the moment where we know if we've seen Firewalk with me, this is where she goes and she meets Leo and all these horrible people yeah, that um, end up in, result in her death. But while she's en route, suddenly uh, Agent Cooper intersects. He intervenes and he stops this from happening, and he guides her away. And it's mm. brilliant because it, I think it was done very well. It was done very seamlessly because all of a sudden now we're getting new footage where we've got the old older Cheryl Lee, um, but she's wearing a wig, and they've made her look like young. young <laughs> they they did manage to do that quite well, and of course by doing it at night, you know, it it, it, it did help. at night and in black you and know, white. It, exactly, yeah. yeah, it sort of helped them do it. She looks at Agent Cooper and she says, "Who are you?" And and he says, "I've come to save you or something. I've come to." take you home and he takes her by the hands and he guides her away and then this is where basically it appears like he has now altered time everything that happened since yep. the pilot episode of Twin Peaks has now no longer happened and we actually see the very first scene of the very first episode of Twin Peaks play out again where we see Josie yeah. looking at the mirror Pete Martell says to Catherine I'm off fishing and oh, he goes out Pete. oh good old Pete as well Jack oh Nance. man I really Amazing. wanted Pete in this series but uh, it yeah. was impossible. It was impossible. But, uh, but love, yeah. It gave me chills. I love this moment. And he and and this is the moment obviously where Pete classic classic moment he sees the body wrapped in plastic in the original episode. But obviously now there is no body and we see the body bag disappear and Pete yeah. goes out and he does exactly what he said he was going to do. He goes out and he actually goes fishing, which we never and then got he to see. Him. Exactly, yeah. So he ne he got interrupted, you know, by finding it. Did you know that the original fanzine of Twin Peaks was called Wrapped in Plastic? Yes, it was. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved that. I, 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 my uncle had a few copies. 
Oh, uh, brilliant. He bought a few copies. But the, it always intrigued me that that was the name of the fanzine. And I, I think maybe even a website, I think maybe even a message board was called Wrapped in Plastic. Brilliant. So, yeah, little, little nod there. Brilliant. It was so good. And, like, again, a very kind of what feels like quite a satisfying Mark Frost-esque ending where yeah. it's, it's it's kind of taken quite literally that this is a kind of sci-fi time travel thing. He saved Laura Palmer. She's never died. And there was nobody that ever got discovered in the pilot episode. But then we go back to the present day. And as an Agent Cooper is still in the woods and he's still walking with Laura through mm. the woods. But then something happens. He hears her scream. He looks back and she's disappeared. Yeah, he was holding her hand, wasn't he? And then yeah. all of a sudden he turns around and she's not there. It was very weird she's gone and then we suddenly we hear this music and we're at the roadhouse and it's the uh, the classic sort of twin peaks music being sung by classic twin peaks singer julie cruz who i knew yeah. we were going to get at some point yeah i think a lot of people did know that i think she announced that she was going to be in the new series i think she was one of the few that kind of let the cat out the bag so which was yeah. great and 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 you know we despite all the new artists which have been great you really wanted Julie Cruz. She was synonymous with the, particularly the first series. And her songs and her singing have that perfect mix of kind of sadness and weirdness yeah. and optimism and pessimism. I mean, it's great. This ends on that kind of classic Twin Peaks note. And it kind of felt like a really satisfying episode, didn't it? It kind of gave you a bit of everything there. And, um, and this is why, just to explain, this is why I stopped at this point. Well, to, to be honest, anybody could stop here and say, that's Twin Peaks, it's finished. You know, you could turn it off yeah. there and, and think, well, I'm happy with that ending. <laughs> and, and this is why I kind of went, right, okay. I know that I've got another episode to go. I know that it's going to be Lynchian. So yeah. I thought, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to have 24 hours with my Mark Frost ending, yep. my happy ending, because although I don't know what's next... I know it's going to be completely different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why I, and someone did say to me, you know, if you really want to savour this, do it in two bits. So I did. And it was a lovely ending to episode 17. We kind of get the fade into the sort of red curtains mm. and everything goes to black. Um, so that's episode 17. Episode 18, yeah. Now, anybody who's seen Mulholland Drive or Lost Highway yeah. or Inland Empire knows that David Lynch doesn't do conventional endings. And this is, yeah. uh, now we're into the David Lynch ending, basically. So... We pick up where we left off. Agent Cooper was in 1989. He had just saved Laura Palmer, but she had disappeared. Where has she gone? Suddenly, Agent Cooper finds himself back in the Red Room. This is the scene that we actually saw happen in the pilot, ep in the first episode of season three. Yeah. Um, when he was stuck in the Red Room. So we don't know actually whether this happened before or after. And actually, Mike, the one-armed man, says, is this the future or is this the past? And we have no idea. Nobody has any idea. Even the characters have no idea. <laughs> and very interestingly, and I can't remember whether he said this in the first episode or not but the tree says is this the story of the little girl who lives down the lane and that is yeah. what the tree says um to her husband when he says something about i'm going to end your story in one of those frustrating scenes so That's very it, weird yeah. connections to audrey there but who knows everything goes a bit weird and red room-esque as ever now what happens next i'm, I'm trying to remember well now. you get this but as you say there is this wonderful link back to the end of series two where you had this wonderful scene yes. where Cooper's the red kept, room. Yeah, mm. he just keeps walking through these corridors in the red room. Does he see Leland again? Does he remember. does? And Leland says, yeah. "Find Laura." And then he comes yeah. outside. 
What's happening right now is the moment that I think we all thought Series 3 was going to open with, where yeah. he comes out of the Black Lodge in the place where he went in. He, was, he, he appears again in the woods and is back in Twin Peaks. But, of course, that didn't happen. Instead, he went some weird route, went through some well, vortex, right. through some space station, and ends up coming out through a socket, brain dead. And now, yeah. now he's finally getting the exit from the Black Lodge that he always needed, I think. And he comes out, and he's in the woods, and he's greeted by Diane. She obviously knew he was coming out at that time and place. Yeah. And of course, he said to her, I'll see you at the curtain call. And he has. He's literally come out of some curtains and seen her. And, I mean, it feels like, obviously, it's only been about two minutes since they last saw each other. But they're, oh, that's right. they're, in, in their world, it seems to have been years or months or something. So who knows? It, you know, Time is very, very fluid and strange in this whole scenario. The, the whole rest of the episode essentially plays out of, as these two on a road trip uh, or Agent Cooper on a road trip. So I think now, basically, what's happening is he's trying to find Laura Palmer. He's trying to find what happened to her when she disappeared in the woods yes. in 1989 these two take a road trip and they drive and they drove they drive 430 miles exactly out of twin peaks which was a number that the giant gave him at the beginning of yep. the series he said remember 430 they drive 430 miles out of twin peaks and then suddenly go through some sort of portal or vortex or something. well the car changes isn't it so the car back in the car changes, yeah. i believe the car is quite an old beaten up sedan and then now it's quite a newish modern sedan type car. yes exactly and 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 suddenly it becomes night as well there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. Yeah. Um, again, very Lost Highway for anyone who's seen Lost yeah. Highway. At this point, these two seem to change as well. And we're not quite sure who yet, what they've become, but... They no longer seem to be friendly, smiley Agent Cooper and Diane. And the no. two of them then carry on driving through the night and then stop at a, a motel. And we know from Twin Peaks that motels aren't necessarily a good thing. Uh, he goes out to go and uh, see if he can get a room for them. And while Diane is sat waiting in the car, she sees Diane stood in the motel. Uh, another Diane, a doppelganger or a, a now, double. Did, she, or did she, ha she had the red hair, though, didn't she? She did. did she, yeah, yeah, so she, she was did. a doppelganger of this Diane, not the Tulpa Diane. Exactly. It feels Which like we're, we're no longer in the world of Tulpas and Black yeah. Lodge Doubles. This is something else entirely, almost. Or is that the real Diane and the one we're looking at in the car actually isn't? I mean, oh, that, blow, that blows my mind. I hadn't because, thought of that. Because I think something that happens shortly gives us that clue. But anyway, yes. two of them then check into a hotel motel room. They go in and they have sex. And again, it was... An odd moment. Suddenly, I felt like Agent Cooper wasn't really acting like Agent Cooper. I don't know if you felt that. It there was this, there, this was very reminiscent of the very strange Dougie Naomi Watts sex scene. Yes. Uh, yes. Particularly because, despite all the violence, swearing, extraterrestrial, David Lynch doesn't really do provocative sex scenes. You see Diane's back, basically. He doesn't go for anything gratuitous on that side. He is trying to convey something. And I think you're right. 
it, neither one of them feel like the characters we've, we've come to know. I mean, I just I kept thinking of things like Mulholland Drive and Lost yeah. Highway because I just kept thinking these two have changed identities or something. Something's happened. Yeah. So there's this strange sex scene that plays out that is not in any way sexy. I mean, like you, you're focused on Laura Dern and she's kind of she seems a little bit traumatized by the whole thing and she's yeah. covering up his face and she begins to get quite distressed almost like memories are coming back to her or she doesn't quite know what she's doing or she doesn't quite know who this man is that she's with or she doesn't know who she is who knows what's going on but mm. it's all a bit strange anyway the next morning agent cooper wakes up and she's gone and he finds a note and the note says dear richard I couldn't stay any longer. You're not the person I thought you were. Something, something, something. Lots of love, mm. Linda. <laughs> and, so... and at this point, if you're not scratching your head, then you probably you are David Lynch. Yeah. Nobody in the room has a clue at this point. Again, we can theorise on this at the end, but oh, when yeah. they went through that portal, when the car changed, did they change? Did they become Richard and yeah. Linda, whoever Richard and Linda are? They're no longer Cooper and Diane, it feels but like. But he still thinks he's Cooper because even yeah. though he still stands there going, Richard. Yeah. So it's as if she changed but knew who she was, but he changed but didn't know. He still had Cooper's yeah. um Cooper's consciousness. Very odd. So then he continues his road trip alone uh, without without yeah. and um, do you want to take it from here because this yeah, is so where they, things start getting very well, well this this is where we get a, a brand new location and more new characters thank you very much david lynch yes we get odessa texas i have a feeling he's used odessa texas in other things it feels i familiar, have this feels yeah. familiar or wild at heart maybe or something possibly yeah and he stocks at a diner's called judy's now of course we were informed that you know judy's quite an important character that's the one thing that I think we've overlooked is there was a little bit of an explanation scene with Gordon. Um, that's right. We that's missed it. that. Yes. We missed that. Now he said that basically back to some stuff that he never told Albert that Judy was actually a, a shortening of a, of an entity, an entity called Jude, which mm. is what him and Philip Jeffries were, were tracking. And this was these government experiments and all the stuff to do with um, uh, major Briggs they discovered this entity called Jude. Now, of course, we're expected to believe that Jude is kind of like the controller of the Woodsman and the Black Lodge, you know, something that's in charge of Bob, like a, an even bigger boss. Yeah. It's then ironic that we get this bit here where, of course, the diner's Judy. So not really knowing which reality we're in, we go into there. Yeah. So sits down, he's minding his own business. He's asking the waitress about another waitress and she says well she doesn't work here today um and, and stuff like that then all of a sudden these cowboys start giving the waitress a bit of grief so cooper steps in because it's still cooper he shoots one in the leg takes another one down and the other one kind of stands there kind of looking all scared and and cooper goes over he takes all the guns and he drops two of them in the deep fat fryer and and basically gets the address you know proving himself to the waitress of being of good moral fiber the waitress mm. gives out the address uh, we go to the address, and lo and behold, it's Laura Palmer. It is. Now, of course it uh, is. We've been waiting all series for Laura Palmer to arrive. I know she was in the last episode, but it was her from Firewalk With Me, so it didn't feel quite the same. Uh, yes. And she doesn't know she's Laura Palmer. Um, she opens the door a bit cautiously. She's kind of surprised that the FBI there is so fast. Uh, we find out <laughs> why. She's now got a different name. She doesn't recognise Cooper. Cooper asks her about... Leland, he doesn't know anything about Leland, but she does yeah. react to the name Sora. And she says, well, okay, I'll come with you. We realise that's because she has a dead body on the couch. 
brilliant. It's uh, not even mentioned. She, no, uh, not referenced at all. So basically, you get this wonderful moment where Cooper comes in, and there's a dead body on the couch. And he and doesn't so really funny. react. Yeah, and she knows he's FBI and has no problem with him seeing it. It's, it's, it's just hilarious. It's hilariously weird, this moment. Uh, again, they have a wonderful mundane coat. Do I need a coat? You know, and oh, I'll just get me good shoes. You know, yeah. another lovely sort of Lucian exchange. I love the moment as well when she says, where's Twin Peaks? And he says, Washington. And she goes, DC. And he goes, no, the state. And she's like, oh, yeah. that's a long way away. It's so funny. It's just like random conversations like that that are just brilliant. A, a scene which I think we'll try and recreate later on where they just sit in silence <laughs> driving for what feels like half an hour i'm sure it's not i read online that it's about it clocks in at about seven minutes which oh, in a 45 minute tv episode is a long time to just uh, sit in a car this is just a big two fingers up to television executives by david lynch i feel yeah of yeah. like i want this it's mood i don't care i'm doing it it feels anyway. like the whole third season has been that, to be honest. Yeah. A big but this, to me, season. that scene, that seven-minute scene, just en- encompasses everything. You know, the awkward silences, the glances. You know, there's a few words exchanged. Yeah. Uh, we go back through Twin Peaks. We drive past the, the traffic lights, the double R, and we get to the iconic Palmer household. Sarah Palmer, Laura's mother, we expect her to answer the door. We think that's what's going to happen. Another woman answers the door. Cooper gives this whole kind of like, oh, is, is Sarah Palmer here? No. What's your name? Uh, Mrs. Chalfont. Mm. Chalfont. Isn't Chalfont the name of the Gospaccio kid? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's the definitely Gospaccio... been Chalfonts mentioned. Yeah, I have a feeling that's the name of the Gospaccio kid. Anyway, Cooper then asks, well, who, who did you buy the property off? And it, that turns out to be Mrs. Tremont. And again, I think Tremont is something. Actually, maybe that is the... It's the... Uh, maybe that's the Gospaccio. Isn't that the yeah, old lady? Yeah, it's the, the old lady with the grandson. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Um, I can't somewhere. remember. It's one of those two names, definitely. Laura suddenly then has a real memory of her mother, of, of, of Sarah. Cooper turns to Laura and goes, what year is this? So we know we're in a time travel situation. And all of a sudden, we come to the end. Laura screams, the lights flicker, and we're out. And we're out. It's a, it's a haunting moment, that last moment, though. When you think, okay, there's all trace of the Palmer household is gone, and then there's that... Yeah distant voice of sarah palmer going laura and then she screams she's a good screamer cheryl oh, Lee, she, well, well. always has been a good screamer. always yeah, has you been know. yeah uh, great notes to end it on absolutely yeah the brilliant thing about this is that as with some of the best david lynch films there is no one theory that is going to get this right you know like yeah. No one will ever quite get everything right where everything is consistent. You just have to take it the way you want to take it, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, what did you think? What do you make of that last episode? I, I, one of the things that I have read and that I agree with is that one of the things is that Mulholland Drive was supposed to be a television series. Yes. Originally it was scripted as one. I think a lot of what you've seen in the third series of Twin Peaks is David Lynch taking that idea from Mulholland Drive the time travel, the different people, applying it to his Twin Peaks universe and getting a television series out of it. And I think that last episode is very much as close as you're going to get to a Mulholland Drive television show. Well, yeah, yeah. and But also, I do wonder, was this what David Lynch always wanted from Twin Peaks? You know, he never got 
he never got to do it the way he wanted to do it in the early nineties. No. And, uh, and, and, and also all these people that are saying, Oh, series four, I don't think, I think that is the end to me. Everything about these yeah. two episodes felt like a final. Ever I think goodbye. something you said, I think something you said last in last, the last episode we did, you have to remember that Lynch is, remember that Lynch is in his seventies. There's been a lot of attrition in making this series. A lot of people have passed away. We, we've gone through them, you know, yeah. and it, it's been very difficult to make this series you know he's had to be very creative not that he's already not but more creative with things like the log lady david bowie you know bob you know the one-armed man you know he's had to make changes Mm. sacrifice things because he's waited so long to do this i really don't think we're ever going to get another series out of this no i possibly could see specials Oh, or a a film maybe yeah, yeah maybe like another another one sort of one off episode I have to ask you, yeah, because this was the most frustrating part of these two episodes for me, Audrey. Yes, I know, I we know. We got our wonderful Audrey moment at the end of episode sixteen, and then diddly squat through these two episodes, and I have to say I was annoyed about that. Yeah, I, it, mostly because it's... I predicted what was happening, and therefore it didn't come true. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you have a moment? I had a moment when I was. We were in the middle of the ten-minute driving sequence, and I looked on the episode sort of timeline, yeah. and I was going, "Oh my god, we have only fifteen minutes left." I've not seen any of Audrey. I've not seen any of um, you know Shelley or Shelley's daughter. All these other characters that had these kind of threads dangling. I was like, "We're not going to see any of this, are we?" <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, uh, the the only, there's a very few storylines that actually had their proper conclusion big ed and norma was really the yeah. only thing that really ever got resolved and i have to say i feel kind of slightly bad for the actor who played big ed he got <laughs> stuff all storyline compared to everyone else yeah he did he did oh, screen um, time everyone else got a lot of screen time he didn't yeah um, uh, the log yeah. lady got more screen time than him and she's dead <laughs> it's true but you know it's like it's come on the the lack of audrey did surprise me but then that's what i think the the the, the if they ever do a special he's got that in his back pocket that he can come back to but you know maybe that was it for her story so i've 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 gone through so many theories in my head about what oh, this know, could yeah. be and you know and and because of things like Mulholland drive because i do see a lot of comparisons to Mulholland drive i've yeah. started suddenly thinking was all of Twin Peaks a dream, or was all of Series Three a dream? You know, was it yeah. in somebody's well, head? Well, the giant did say, you know, we are the dreamers, isn't it? You know, there was a lot of yeah. references, you know, yeah. in, in what happened. We live inside a dream, but who is the dreamer? And yeah. that, you know, for, I started thinking, is Audrey the dreamer, and is that what we're getting here? Or actually, what I kind of told myself in my head is that maybe Laura Palmer is the dreamer, and that everything that happened. It is Laura Palmer's dream or fantasy or whatever, you know, who knows? But um, yeah, I think I, can... I think I think that, you know, that's a very good theory. But I think, you know, every theory I've read has holes. I yeah, think that's oh, totally. the problem is nobody has been able to 100 percent pick it. The weird thing is there's nothing worse in most films than being told, oh, it was all a dream. But with David yeah. Lynch, I, I don't mind it because it somehow still hangs together. Well, that, that's why way. Inception was such a great film, because right yeah. at the end, you had no idea whether it was real or fantasy. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why Lynch films work in the same way. It keeps you guessing. I mean, I, I remember uh, coming out of seeing Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive 
and being totally confused, but then loving the fact that my next three days were built on conversations with various people. Have you seen yes, this yet? Exactly. And, and, and this is the this is the memory of Twin Peaks that will live on beyond this series. Is Lynch has started a conversation again? Yeah, probably for another twenty five years. People are going to be yeah. discussing the finale. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and, you know, we'll get the Blu Ray and the, you know the DVD in about six to eight months, and there'll be more stuff on that. And it's just been announced today that Mark Frost has another book that comes out thirty first of October, and it's called The Final Dossier. So Brilliant. I wonder if that's going to explain anything. You know, who knows? Well, maybe. I mean, that, that's the good thing. I mean, I think the thing is because Mark Frost now seems to have rediscovered his love for Twin Peaks. I mean, he. He kind of fell out with it, you know, when, yeah. when the series ended, the same way Lynch did, you know, sort of thing. He seems to want to keep keep going, not make the TV show, but he seems to want to keep it. You know, we might get another. And I just say that's where I think we might get a special. Um, yeah, because Showtime have spent a lot of money on this. They're going to want to maybe keep it going if they can. Yes, from I a would, commercial point of view, I'd be surprised if Showtime won it want to make any more of this because it's not done well sadly you know audience figures wise and that kind of a thing but you know who knows i do feel like this is david lynch's swan song almost this was david yeah. lynch's ending this is this is what david lynch always wanted as an ending to twin peaks you know and i did read something quite interesting uh, it doesn't really explain anything plot wise but the part 17 worked as a kind of tribute to old twin peaks you know we yeah. had julie cruz and we had all these characters come back and we saw bob and we saw the red room and and we yeah. went back to the pilot and part 18 kind of worked as a tribute to series three i.e yeah when why are we not in twin peaks why is no character acting the way we want them to why are we waiting and waiting and waiting and sat watching two characters on a road for ages why is it that when we finally get back to twin peaks it's not what we imagine it to be and everyone has changed and time has passed and you know that's a very clever thing but, it's but almost like that's... david lynch is commenting on you know what audiences expectations yeah. have been versus what the reality is you know i, I just gonna want to go back and watch the whole of series one and two again i want to watch firewalk with me again it yeah. has reignited my passion i want to go and watch mulholland drive and lost highway again i think he's peppered clues you know there, there has been the conversation where he has implied that mulholland drive takes place in the twin peaks universe yeah and lost highway he said that and lost highway, highway really too. Lost highway. so it makes me just want to go and walk and watch them i need to see all of that in different eyes Plus, they're um, two of the most brilliant films ever as well. well there is, but, there <laughs> is that. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what does stick out like a sore thumb, though, is the latter half of season two of Twin Peaks. It's the only yeah. thing that doesn't really fit in any of the other mythology of Twin Peaks. Now, now suddenly looking back at beauty contests and all these other kind of random yeah. storylines that took place, you just think, really? Did that happen? It was almost like David Lynch has just gone, nope, that never happened. You know. There are a few regrets. As I said, I think the Audrey thing is a regret. I feel a little bit disappointed that we didn't get Annie just because, you know, that was a whole big arc in series two. I know, as you say, it's, it, but she was in the Red Room. She's one of the only few people to have been in the Red Room and come out apart from, like, you know, the main sort of protagonists. Yes. So I, I, yeah. I do think that was a shame. I couldn't help but think in the back of my head that we were going to see Harry Truman at some point as yeah. well. You know, because there was so much talk about him all series, he's in hospital, he's ill, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I, I thought suppose we'll, we'll, we'll see that brilliant maybe, actor. Yeah, maybe when we get like, you know, and, and, and please, David Lynch, do some director's commentaries, please. Um, but I know he doesn't like doing them. <laughs> Can but, you imagine his director's uh, commentaries, oh, though? They would be brilliant. They would make fantastic. no sense whatsoever. I, I think one of the things I'm going to need to do, as you say, is rewatch Series 3 at some point. Maybe not yeah. now. As you say, I've got other things I want to go on to and, and things that I've put off because of this. 
because <laughs> yeah. I've been, no, no, because I feel like you know this is a series that has has meant that you have to concentrate and watch it totally. And make and notes, it's been, you know, and things it's like been that. So it's been so interesting. I think that the the biggest thing that everyone's taken out of this series is that no one had any idea what was going to happen from one week no. to the next, and also. It was like David Lynch was saying to audiences, right, what did you expect was going to happen? That 25 years was going to pass and none of these characters would have changed and everything would have yeah. been exactly the way it was. No, don't be ridiculous. And he and he's really battered us around the face with this kind of anti-nostalgia with kind of, no, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to mm. show you how much things have gone you know, downhill since 1989 or whatever. Well, that's right. Yeah, whenever it finished. Credit to Showtime. They've done the Twin Peaks universe credit. And actually, it was it was interesting watching it alongside Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones was doing the polar opposite to Twin Peaks in almost every way. It was yeah. at the point now where Game of Thrones is near the end. It was almost too satisfying for its own good. Yeah. Every single storyline was getting wrapped up way too quickly and characters were traveling way too fast and yeah. suddenly everything was happening all in one hour and twin peaks you know you'd spend 15 minutes just watching two characters drive and uh, you know it, they were the polar opposite things yeah. to watch both frustrating in different ways you know? and, I, and i think some of that comes down to i mean it, this isn't a twin this is a twin peaks podcast but they extended the money of all the stars in Game of Thrones, therefore they yeah. had to cut the episodes down because of money. Yeah. The two guys that are running it have got a new project. They're apparently a little bit jaded with Game of Thrones. They've the, the, exactly. the, the, book, the book lovers have kind of got to them a bit, you know, that all the criticism and and, and, that and, is, and, yeah. and that just shows you that Lynch has given you the thing and said, Look, Yes, you can be as frustrated as you like with network television. They made me reveal the killer of Laura Palm before I wanted to. But when you give a television creator what they want yes. and the control <laughs> they do, and you have to take your lumps with that. You have to sit through people sweeping a floor for five minutes. Yeah. But you get beautiful artistic television like this at the end of it. That's it. That's the difference in a nutshell is that Game of Thrones is, you know, a committee of hundreds of people between George R.R. Yeah. Martin and writers and actors and time and locations and money. And Twin Peaks was one guy making his own what is essentially like an 18 hour art house movie. And he's done it yeah. exactly the way he wants, as he wants, you know, just going, yeah, well, I know what you're expecting, but I'm going to do it the way that I'm going to do it. And like, you know, yeah. deal with it. I want to I want to show a bit of love to Karl McLaughlin because I think. Um, oh, amazing. I, I, okay. I think Karl McLaughlin went through some bad times. We won't talk about showgirls. Oh, um, showgirls. no, absolutely brilliant playing three distinctly different characters. Yeah, Dougie, really. who we came to love and then loathe and then love again. Yeah. Evil Cooper, who he just played with an immense amount of fear and, and real and it, darkness. And then right at the end, the good old American coffee-loving Agent Cooper, who never went away. Yeah, And exactly. he resurrected him perfectly. Yeah, he did. Um, he in, did. In, in those last couple of episodes. He's carried the whole thing, really. And also a big shout out as well, I think, to David Lynch himself as a performer and yeah. also Miguel Ferreira, who did Albert. And I think, you know, actually out of everyone, every storyline, those guys really were the highlight, I think, of series yeah. three. Of the, the FBI's, the storyline there. The, there was a perfect, you know, Matthew Lillard, all that funny stuff that happened. Oh, around. yeah, kind I of forgot. Funny oh. and weird, but also interesting. And it moved, it, it moved everything forward. It was great. 
what came out of Twin Peaks, the original series, was the diversity of the characters. You know, yeah. you had a woman with a, a woman who thought a log torch. You had all those things. You know, yes, uh, exactly. all those characters that you remember, Nadine and, and all of that. He managed to recreate that twenty five years later. There's characters that were in and out of this show that you know that have been in all some eight some of the eighteen episodes, which you know you 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 almost want to see another series just of them. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that somebody said, "Who's the guy, who's the actor who is another Lynch actor that ran the um, the mobile home?" Uh, oh yes, uh, Harry place. Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. You He's know, great. with with the van that suddenly turned into a mobile command post. Yes. I want to see a series on that. Yes, exactly. Uh, the Adventures of Harry Dean Stanton. And actually, um, so, we've got to say as well, we've got to say Naomi Watts as well, because she's brilliant. And actually, oh, yeah. one thing we didn't mention was that obviously the new Dougie got created in the finale. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that was a lovely little end to that storyline where, you know, Dougie was back and he, he just says one word. It just goes home. And he sort of as he embraces his wife and son. And that was quite. And, he na- and he's now more Agent Cooper than Dougie. You know, he's, he's dressed in yeah. a suit. You know, it's almost as if Dougie has fulfilled his purpose and now goes back to. To, to live his life, you know, with his in family, you know, it's, it's a better, better place. It's going to be one of those things where you, you're going to talk about story threads for months and months and suddenly go, oh, yeah, what did happen to that junkie woman that kept yelling? One oh, gosh, yeah. What was that <laughs> about? I think, and that's, yeah. that's going to happen for a long time, I think, where people are going to go, oh, actually, what did happen to, you know, Amanda Seyfried and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mike, it has been an absolute pleasure doing this project with you. I have to oh, say, it's, it's good wonderful. to have found some someone who's as enthusiastic about this as I am, <laughs> uh, and it's been great to, to share to share our Twin Peaks experience. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been good to spend eighteen weeks going. Um, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> basically, <laughs> and to not feel bad about it because that's yeah. what you were supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as we leave people, let's let them know where they can find us. So, uh, Twitter, they can find you where. Yes, they can find me. I'm at the Movie Mike on Twitter, and I have two other podcasts as well. Um, one, called, one called Back Row, and you can find that on Twitter at Back Row Films, and another horror movie podcast called Evolution of Horror, and you can find that at Evolution Pod. I'm at the Gary Show. Please get in contact with us if you want to keep talking Twin Peaks. We'd love to hear your theories. Uh, we'd love to keep the conversation going, as I think yes. David Lynch has set the table. Uh, yes. So this has been a special podcast from the Custard TV. Uh, you can visit us there at thecustardtv.com. And uh, thank you very much, Mike. I think it's time for us to get in our sedan and drive 240 miles to... Drive uh, into Odessa, the void. Texas. Yes, That's it. sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, so uh, off we go. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.